Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another edition of Back in Tunes Anime Blast, where we support a girl's choice to don elaborate costumes and battle evil with the power of love and magic. I'm your host, John. Uh, sadly, Johnny couldn't join us for this one, so I listed the aid of someone who has a far better understanding of the show that we're going to discuss, my fiance Heather. Hi, everybody. So, Sailor Moon. While far from the first Maho Shoujo uh, show, show, or Magical Girl show, it is possibly the most recognizable uh, of any of these things, with the five Sailor Scouts and their color-coordinated seifukus. Uh, in the U.S. in the 90s, basically this and Dragon Ball Z were the poster children for anime. Based off uh, the girls' comic of the same name, which ran from the end of 1991 till the beginning of 97, the series was itself actually based off creator Naoko Takeuchi's previous work, codenamed Sailor V. Basically, she wanted to do a story about girls from outer space, and then she had some input with her, uh, from her editor, and Sailor Moon was conceived, which then allowed her to take her Sailor V character and throw it in with a bunch of other ones. And it also, just, uh, since at the time, uh, Super Sentai, which is all the team, you know, team uh, type things, mm-hmm. were, was pretty popular, throwing together a team of magical girls kind of made things unique. So, Heather. Oh, God. <laughs> what is Sailor Moon about? Sailor Moon is about a set of middle school girls who discover they have magical powers where they're awakened in them and then they fight monsters. Well, okay, to preface this, there are several different versions of this show. There's the manga, there's the original version that aired in the U.S. in the 90s, which has a different voice cast, and certain situations were changed to make it Americanized. Um, there are two new versions that have come out on Hulu recently, which they redubbed the original 90s version, and then there's a newer reanimated condensed version called Crystal. In both Crystal and the redubbed Hulu versions, the very first season deals with a villain named Queen Beryl and her master, Queen Metallia, who basically want to steal energy and take over the world. That seems to be um, a recurring theme for villains in Sailor Moon. (laughs) They're searching for a uh, legendary silver crystal, which, of course, Sailor Moon has. Well, yeah, why wouldn't she? (laughs) The MacGuffin has to be close. (laughs) Yes, of course. And um, it also, you know, uh, it serves as a deus ex machina, basically. There's uh, there's little that can actually defeat this legendary silver crystal, and they never just say the silver crystal. In the 90s, it was the silver imperium crystal, but... um, it's always said with its capital, you know, capital letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the capital letters, the legendary silver crystal. Anyway, so um, they basically have to fight these monsters and save the earth, and it happens over and over and over and over. <laughs> now, I, I brought up Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Basically, this would be the kind of this, the girls' version of this because essentially, over the course of this show. 
it's they're always fighting someone more powerful. Oh yes, and they always gain you know super special powers. Oh yes, and then it's oh we level up and now we can fight the new tougher bad guy because we always have untapped potential. Oh even yeah, when we max out and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's all through the power of love and friendship. Of course. And, <laughs> and we were just talking about this as we were reviewing Crystal, where it's like, oh, she powered up, said by everybody in separate locations. <laughs> yes, the, the, one of these tropes in anime is anytime someone powers up, there's always a comment on it. This in itself is brought up, one half of the people go, she has, and then the other half goes, powered up. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, uh, I love anime, but there's some really ridiculous shit in it. Oh, uh-huh. Stuff like this. Yes. So, like, Sailor Moon is, well, especially, I was exposed to it as a young child um, in the 90s when uh, it was in a very horrible, 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 horrible time slot for young girls to see it. Most school here in the U.S., it starts by 9 o'clock in the morning, at least, which means you're getting ready and on your way by about 8.30, which is when the show aired in my time zone. So the only way that I got to watch Sailor Moon as a kid was when I was sick. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I... That's kind of the same thing. It it aired when uh, a lot of it was what like because like around ninety five or so uh, when it was originally came out, and so that's around the time I was going to high school. My friend Russell and I uh, we also went to uh, school with his younger sister, so she went to the middle school close by. But we all got together at the same time. So she would watch some of the Sailor Moon stuff, and so I was familiar with its existence especially at that time slot, but I never really watched it until they had actually started to, like, re-air it on Toonami. Yeah, that's that's where I got to see where I missed, like, the fill-in episodes. But uh, on Toonami, they showed the whole series all the way through season four. Um, as, well, as far as the um, older 90s version went, uh, Sailor Stars, which is technically the fifth season of the um, 90s dub, was never translated. There are no, it's only in subs on Hulu right now. So if you really want to watch that one, go for it. But as far as the other ones that were translated into English, there's only through season four, and that's only the 90s version, not the new dub that's on Hulu. And uh, Crystal only goes through season three, which as far as um, the seasons kind of coincide, even though there are villains in the 90s version and in in the um, new Hulu dubs that do not exist in Crystal. Crystal is a much more condensed version because there's only 40, 48, 49 episodes of that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and as far as the 90s animated version, even in the dubs for uh, the dubs and the subs on Hulu, there are almost 200 episodes of that. Yeah, which is kind of funny because the anime itself was basically just kind of envisioned to be the first story arc, which was basically all that was released of the manga. Mm -hmm. So it's the uh, the show ended up being popular enough that it ex actually extended the manga run because you know it, people liked it, so yeah. they started writing more and more things, and the show ended up being essentially about a month or so behind it. So I mean, yes, you're gonna have filler episodes to kind of keep it going. But, essentially, the series and the manga really 
really reflected each other because they were pretty much being made, you know, side by side almost. And yes, I know. I got the I got the sort of thing because the plot line of Crystal follows the manga a lot closer than the uh, original '90s version, which was definitely cleaned up for American television. <laughs> yes. Well, that's and that's the thing. The first two seasons were picked up by the company Deep. They basically uh, commissioned the English dub, and then they went and censored it for Western sensibilities, so you <laughs> lost all the uh, homosexual stuff. Yes. Uh, there, I mean... Or, or they changed the sex of the voice actor so that it made sense yeah. as far as how yes. that went. But, I mean, they condensed the whole season, or, like, Crystal only has 12, 12 or 13 episodes a season, and that is the first main plot line through the manga. They go almost episode by episode based on the manga, and the older dubs, either the Deke version or the Viz version that's on Hulu, there's 47, 48 episodes in the first season, so there's a lot of filler, and they did change some significant issues with it. Yeah, well, it's like... Over the course of, because they took the basically the first two seasons, uh, essentially is what uh, Deep grabbed, and from the eighty-nine episodes of those two seasons, they essentially cut seven episodes out completely. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure in in the way that was phrased for for this that I was reading. I'm not sure if that include literally is seven full episodes gone or seven episodes worth of content. Because, I mean, we have things like Voltron and stuff like that where they edited things together and, and basically kind of Frankenstein to show. So it's, <laughs> so it's very... And Dragon Ball Z did this where they kind of... They went and Frankensteined episodes in a way so that they kind of condensed some of the of the show to remove, you know, again, stuff that is not from our, you know, our sensibilities. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that was the exact same thing or, like I said, literally seven episodes they, cut. They, they had a lot of filler episodes in in yeah. the 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 90s in the deke version and the viz version they okay for example sailor moon is revealed in the first episode she doesn't get her second sailor scout until episode eight and yeah i was that, that is literally the second episode of crystal <laughs> when i originally envisioned doing this this episode of the podcast I was I was torn because I wanted to do Magical Girl, but I also you know I had the idea of going oh let's you know let's do something that's about oh I'm a young teenage girl and I've now had a great destiny thrust upon me so I kind of thought I would love to do Sailor Moon but let me pair it with something else and let's do Blucy because they're not you know Blucy is definitely not a Magical Girl show but it's very much the same show as Sailor Moon in a lot of respects, although much more violent and dirty. Well, actually, well, no, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> we'll get to that well, in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but like, honestly, I granted, I watched the deep version of this. Well, and actually, I've seen a little bit of the Pioneer ones, because those were those movies. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, uh, which I have on VHS. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, you know, it's like, there's this thing where I'm going, okay, how can I economically do this? And I'm sitting there going, I'm gonna have to do uh, Crystal because it's the most condensed version. And literally, yeah, it's like between, you know, looking at the episode lengths and going, shit, in two episodes they do what it took eight episodes to get to, and by three episodes of Crystal, they get two or ten episodes. Actually, or uh, more. yeah, more because, um, 
I do believe that uh, they don't get Ray until, I don't know, episode 10 or 12? I don't know. Uh, let me look she's here. At least, she's at least introduced in episode 10. I don't know if she becomes a scout, but... Yeah, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Mars is 10. So, in Crystal, um, it's, yeah, she literally, within the first half of the first season, she has all of her scouts. It takes them 33 episodes to do that in the longer version. So, as far as to get all the way through meeting Sailor V and introducing Tuxedo Mask and a bunch of other things. So, there is definitely some filler episodes, and it's, like, she meets Amy and Ray, who are Mercury and Mars, respectively, and they run as a trio for a long time. They have their own opening that's just them. It doesn't include all the Sailor Scouts, which is also in the Hulu version of the longer one. It's only the Japanese opening, not the American opening. You know, this was the first anime that I was exposed to, so of course it's going to hold a special place in my heart no matter how cheesy it is, because it is ridiculously cheesy cheesy. But the, so it does have the original Japanese opening, and the uh, Hulu versions only have the Japanese name. So, like, I've been calling Amy, Amy, but it's not. It's Ami, because that's her Japanese name, and that's that's habit from me having, you know. Yeah, it's like you had uh, Sailor Jupiter, who in the old dub is uh, Lita, and now it's, her actual name is Makoto. Yeah, and, um, while Venus is Minako, they always called her just Mina, and that is has transferred across shows too. They don't they rarely call her her full name. Yeah, they the, just call her Mina. The one the one name that actually just kinda really still plays is Ray. Yeah. Yeah, that's surprisingly the only one, because yeah. like old dub uh Old Dub Sailor Moon is uh, Serena, and then she's, mm-hmm. you know, her actual name is uh, Usagi, Usagi, which is Bunny, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah, Bunny, yeah. And uh, her love interest, I guess we'll call him that. Yes. <laughs> his, yes his... Mr. Mr. Bad Touch. <laughs> At least in Crystal. At well, no, in and, Crystal. and in Wongo, because in the, uh, in the uh, Deke and the Viz versions, the longer ones, he's definitely more chivalrous and okay. less touchy and there's no you know yeah uh, well yeah we'll, so, it will go we'll get it yeah later. so his his name in the uh, old 90s american version is Darian Shields and in the manga and the viz versions and in crystal his name is Mamoru Chiba so he's the only one who actually had his name completely changed first and last name the others they had, uh, they might have had Americanized names, but they had the same last name. So it was still, it was, you know, Serena Tsukino and not something else. They didn't miss, uh, she wasn't uh, Serena Johnson or something. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Because her pa- her parents were still clearly Japanese. <laughs> but they wanted to create, I guess they wanted to create that connection between Serena and Serenity, which, yeah, you know. Makes sense. Because, yeah, it's like, because that's the big reveal of it is you're kind of led along in a lot of the show is that they're searching for their uh, missing princess. And it we are led to believe at one point that the mysterious crime fighter, Sa- uh, Sailor V, who mm-hmm. ends up being Sailor Venus, is this missing goddess. Or not goddess, but uh, 
queen. Yeah, the missing princess. Yeah, from the missing moon princess. Um, in Crystal, that's she pretends to be that, and in the manga, that's clear too. Sailor V shows up and she declares that she is the missing princess. Um, in the older versions, she does not. She straight up tells them, "Nope, I am not." But you know, I'm just one of you guys. Uh, so we're still looking for our princess. In Crystal, it's, you know, she... Yeah. Per- she well, they don't it, waste it, any time, really. Well, yeah, that too. Because there's no, like, oh, yeah, for another half a season, we're gonna continue to look for our princess. It's like, um, no. So it's like Crystal, you know, Venus shows up and she says, I'm your princess. And then later during the battle, it's revealed that, nope, she was just a decoy. And she's not really a princess. And... So the princess is still out there until it's discovered that Serena, not Serena, Usagi is uh, the moon princess, actually. And you find out their tragic backstory. You know, the whole, there's a moon kingdom and the earth kingdom, and they ended up fighting and stuff, and this, everyone got reborn on earth, and it's convoluted as shit. (laughs) Like, oh my god. I mean, again, anime anime uh, conventions. We have to have the most elaborate, and everyone has to be the most important oh, people yes. in the entire world because yeah, just because. <laughs> so, um, depending on which version, the basic story is the same. There is an evil presence on the earth named Queen Metalia. She convinces this girl named Beryl to recruit followers so that. Natalia can take over the world, and the only way that they can see to do that is to raise an army and attack the Moon Kingdom. That's the villain part of it during the ancient times. Um, the other half is that Darien is the Prince of the Earth. I'm sorry, not Darien. Mamaru. And his ancient name was Prince Endymion. Hmm, there's a mouthful. And so, he was the Prince of the Earth. Serenity was the princess of the moon. She, her mother was also prin- uh, Serenity, but they called her Queen Serenity, so it was Queen Serenity, Princess Serenity. Anyway, That's not going to be confusing at any point. Oh, yeah, no, and not only that, but, you know, later they named their daughter the same fucking thing. So... <laughs> So then Serena, or Serenity, and Mamaru fall in love. It's, you know, star-crossed lovers type crap because Serenity isn't supposed to leave the Moon Kingdom, so she sneaks down to the Earth, gets caught, there's a battle, and Beryl, according to Crystal in the manga, which I'm gonna go off of as far as the manga being the authority as to how it actually happened, uh, Beryl kills Endymion. She goes after Serenity. Endymion gets in the way. He gets stabbed. Serenity freaks the fuck out and stabs herself and kills herself. And so in the Americanized versions, nope, there's this giant blast of power and they all die. And so then Queen Serenity gets like super upset and uses the legendary silver crystal. Of course. <laughs> to to seal away Metalia and send everybody who had died in this attack to Earth to be reborn, and then that's it. Like the Moon Kingdom's destroyed, 
she used the legendary silver crystal, so Queen Serenity dies. Uh, she sends the cats, Luna and Artemis. Oh yeah, that's right, there's talking cats. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, she sends them in little, like, cryostasis pods to watch over uh, the new reincarnated kids once they show up because let's face it ancient moon kingdom and now we're in the 90s so obviously there's some time skip there it's not like luna and artemis have just been like chilling immortal on earth forever well i think yeah because i think part of it is they mentioned at least this is in crystal uh they essentially mentioned that the uh that oh god what is it the earth gets destroyed or something like that yeah. as well. So yeah. it's, the entire world is reborn and so it, we can assume that they at least goes through recorded history <laughs> yes. up until modern day Japan. Mm-hmm. So, or 90s Japan for the old school version. Yeah, because in the in the battle, you know, everything's destroyed and all the humans have to start over. So it's that's why there's oh wow, there's no record of there ever being a civilization on the moon, at least in Sailor Moon, because but we to do them ha- it doesn't exist. But one ha- does have to wonder, by this point the US has been to the moon. Oh yeah. Wouldn't we have found these ruins you that would we think, see? You you would think, except like It when, was on the dark side of the moon. Well, or something like that. It might have been on the dark side of the moon, or, well, when the city was destroyed, it was also turned into stone, so unless you look at it, like, super close, it's like a bunch of rock ruins? I don't know. Or it's cloaked. Who knows? There's lots of dumb questions that don't get answered. Uh, well, <laughs> so, as, as we did say, uh, Sailor Moon was in a crap time slot, and especially in the U.S., it tanked. Oh yes. So it it did keep going in Canada because Canada did ha- were the people who dubbed it. So that's also kind of why if you listen to it, it has a little bit of a weirdness to the to the voice acting. Now I mean '90s voice acting, especially '90s anime voice acting. <laughs> I've mentioned it before is not always the best. No. But this is particularly just an oddball dub. This original one, if you can find mm-hmm. if you can find these. It's something special, actually. Yeah, the the only the only way that I have them is because I found them online before they did the redub. So the only available versions I could find were the original Canada dubs. And so, like, I if I really, oh my gosh, really wanted to, I could go and watch those annoying old dubs. <laughs> and there are there are some like between the two, Usagi is less annoying in the new dub. Her voice was very, very whiny in the original. Uh, the same thing with um, Rini, who is Chibi Moon, or uh, Chibi Usa, yeah, as far uh, as she's referred to in the newer versions. Their daughter from the future. Yeah. yeah, their daughter from the future. Her her voice was like, oh my god, I oh, it was annoying. Anyway, so they changed the voice of Luna, and that is one of the most disappointing things ever. In the original Canada dubs, she sounded like an old British lady, kind of. She was very stuffy, and now she's not. She sounds like a normal person, and I'm like, no, this is wrong. This is so wrong. Why are you doing this to Luna? No! But she was the only one that I was super, super disappointed that they changed her voice. The other ones, meh. 
you know, um, the they made a few character changes with the um, release of Crystal as well, and that um, change of Ray is one that I'm disappointed in. Um, in the uh, longer version in the Canada dubs, she is kind of seen as a rival to Usagi. They egg each other on, they fight like sisters, uh, they get really into each other's faces because, you know, Usagi's this big crybaby and Rei is the complete opposite. She wants you to suck it up buttercup and get your shit together and, you know, study and do all, she, you know, she's the responsible one and she gets on Usagi about that. In Crystal, she does not. She's, she's, she's so demure and she's passive. Yeah, she's she's the the cool like the cool type as far as if you're talking anime tropes there, you know, yeah. she's she's not she, she is not a firebrand. She is mm-hmm. not she's not Sundere in in any way nope. to anyone. Nope. She is just okay, we're doing this now. Right. All right. Which which is disappointing for the Sailor Scout of Mars, you know? It's like you know, you're supposed to be fiery and on the warpath and, you know, that's that's that, one of the things that disappointed me about that. Now that does does bring up one thing about these. All these the Sailor Scouts are based off of planets. Now, granted, at the time Pluto was a planet, and it yes. has since been derailed. You know, you're moved moved down to uh, what? It's a dwarf planet. It is. Now. It is now classified as a dwarf planet. Yes. But, I mean, I, once I read the classifications, I can see why they did it. I mean, as far as, we're not gonna, never mind, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> but it I, is now science time! <laughs> John and Heather! <laughs> well, but then, see, they also get into, um, in the fifth season when they get into stars, there's Sailor Scouts that are not based on planets. Well, so, that's, well, that's they branch was... out after they get to the, through the existence of the known planets at the time. Well, part of me go, looks at that and goes... Because the moon is also not a planet. Yeah, exactly. That, that's where I was heading towards. Was, aside from the fact that the moon is not a planet... Yes. And there is no Sailor Scout of the Earth, because that's represented by, by Mamoru. Moon. Well, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Mamoru represents the Earth. He is the prince of the Earth, so that's where that comes in. But there's also no sun. There's no... You know, it's like, yeah, you have Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. And Pluto are the main sailor scouts. The outer planets don't come into play until uh, the later seasons, and that's where um, shit gets really weird. <laughs> yeah, because okay, uh, let, let me go uh, tell the tell the wonderful story of of this thing. Because this is I in reading about the history of Sailor Moon's uh, existence, especially in the U.S. Honestly, I found that really fascinating. So I have like extensive notes, <laughs> but so and I have extensive notes on the episodes. So we yeah. we got this shit covered. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, again, this thing tanked, but around '97, there was enough fan love for for the show that I mean, petitions were being signed mm-hmm. saying, saying you know, basically we need to rescue this thing from obscurity. Yes, and the USA Network were the ones who actually picked up the ball and managed at least again we only had we only had the two seasons really so they picked up the ball and kind of kept running with it and even aired like the last 17 episodes of the show that had never actually aired Mm -hmm. up to that point anyway but you know it just kind of it just became that home for the reruns for this until 99 and uh, Toonami 
Yes. That's, like, they sat down. Well, it's also Pioneer. Pioneer Entertainment came up. They picked up the rights. That's how we got uh, the movies released. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of where a lot of what I saw of Sailor Moon really kind of came from more of the movies. And, again, I, I'm pretty sure it was Toonami. I don't think it was through USA where I saw that the stuff from that second season. Mm-hmm. But I know that's the extent of it, is that's as far as I've ever really gone, was the two movies and that. So I've, to be honest, <laughs> You've I've never, never seen season seen... three and four! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> and especially not when, because uh, that, yeah, because that's what, they hired the same uh, voice uh, studio in Canada mm-hmm. to dub seasons three and four. Mm-hmm. And Toonami ended up being the place where all these things popped up on. So they essentially, for the most part, finished up as much of the show as they probably could have. Yes. But it was still, again, censored for U.S. consumption. Oh, yes. But Pioneer was at least a little more liberal about what they did. Yes, because that was, they actually um, left the scenes in that even though Uranus and Neptune were portrayed as cousins, in quotation marks, to the public where they obviously were not cousins. They were roommates and they were girlfriends. They had You had your first pair of lesbian sailor scouts. Although you did bring up something that was an interesting point with uh, in the first season and the uh, the knights. The, oh yes. Our, our hero Tuxedo Mask yes. ha- uh, being the prince of the earth had his own set of guardians as well yes. who end up becoming Beryl's minions. Yes. They're brainwashed and stuff. And that depends on the version you're, you're watching. But you, but you brought up a thing about them and because they have corresponding... They did. Okay, so in the manga, which is what Crystal's based off of, um, the four generals that are named after stones, Jadeite, Kunzite, Nephrite, and Zoisite, are minions of Beryl. And they're like the mid-level bosses. The You know, they each get their certain number of turns to defeat the Sailor Scouts and whatever. In, the, in Crystal, it's very advanced as far as how fast that goes, because that's only one season. Um, It's revealed that those four minions were Endymion's generals. They were his best friends on Earth, and they corresponded couple-wise to the Sailor Scouts. They were, they they all fell in love with each of them. So it was like the Scouts each had a boyfriend in each of the generals, and then Serenity and and Endymion were a couple. So they created this little court. If you were watching the older, uh, the longer version, either the Viz version or the, uh, the Deke version, um, they were never his generals. They were recruited by Beryl and they were her generals in the battle that took place on the moon. Um, they were all killed and sent to be reborn too. Um, the differences between the uh, Deke version and the Viz version was that uh, Zoisite in the 90s version was voiced by a woman and then in the Viz version here on Hulu he's voiced by a man and Zoisite and Kunzite are a couple so that's where the American sensibilities come in in season one where two of the enemies are a gay couple and so they changed her gender they made her a woman Zoisite, right? That, yes. She, yeah, it's like they they changed Zoisite into a woman yeah. for the American version, so that it wasn't seen as like we have a gay couple in a 
a show that's meant for young to tween girls. Yeah, which, I mean, the, char- the character model is fairly feminine looking. Yes. So it works. <laughs> yes, which is why it which is why it played off that she was a woman. The same yeah. thing similarly happens later when we get into the Black Moon Circus and you get Fisheye who looks feminine. And until I actually like got to the point where I watched it in subtitles, found out that she was not a she, she was a he because even in the uh, original versions that I saw, she was a she. She looks like a girl. Although, you know, both of them look like flat-chested girls. But so did Uranus. So that's fine. Like, I mean, you never know. Uranus walked around in male clothing uh, when she wasn't a scout. So that's, you know, there's there's some definite gender swapping going on as far as which, which who is, also, is what. Which is also interesting because you have the, the Uranus-Neptune thing being... That, oh, no, they're cousins, they're not in love, but then this dude, when he transforms into Sailor, you know, into Sailor, which one? Which one is Uranus? It? Is, Uranus? Yeah, is, is the, the androgynous one, yeah. yeah. It's a guy becomes a girl. <laughs> now, now, see, in stars, that straight up happens. When they are not scouts, they are dudes. When they are scouts, they are women. Now, in now Uranus dressed as a dude, but she was always a girl. No, but in, in the in the dub for our for our oh, uh, benefit, oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. still a strange uh, strange gender swap uh, well, thing I, that happens. Well, then. no, because like even in um, or did they just say he's a dude even though he's wearing a fuku? No, 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 no. She was always a she. she. Like, even in the older 90s versions and the ones you saw in Toonami, she was always a she. She just liked to wear men's clothes. Okay. So it was, yeah, she and race she just, and race she just cars. Okay. Yes, yeah, and she was she was definitely a, a tomboy, you know, as in quotation marks. She was not very feminine. It was Michiru who was the, the feminine the, of the, girly the two. Girl, yeah. Yes. And a very elegant feminine, too. Never mind that most of the scouts, before they realized that Uranus was actually a girl, all hit on that like, <laughs> nobody's business, even Usagi. And they're like, hey, you have a boyfriend. Why are you hitting on this dude? Then they find out, oh, I never said I was a guy. Like, <laughs> but, and I guess, I guess we should start bringing this up, how kind of perverted this damn show is. Oh. And okay, yes, there's some, uh, in Japan, there is definitely a interesting mix of sexuality and repression yes. that happens in the culture. Uh, but, I mean, uh, for Crystal especially, mm-hmm. my god. And the manga. Usagi is one of the most horniest little girls, like, uh-huh. god damn. Yeah. Like, she, you know, it's like basically the second she sees Tuxedo Mask, she is she she's ready wants to go. That? Oh she my wants God. the D. Yes. And then she speaks Ray and she wants the V. Yes. She she has a, she has a big girl crush on Ray. Yeah. She's and like, oh my god, she's so cool. Ah, I'm like, dude, like seriously, I mean, I can see, like, wow, she's really cool. I wanna be just like her. Although in the um the old the longer version Lita does that with uh, Uranus. She falls hard for Uranus, and well, and that also kind of makes a little bit sense. She very much comes off as as a the tomboy, and you kind of, if you're looking into a uh, gay coding in a show that kind of has some very overt 
very obviously overt homosexuality, Lita basically does kind of come off as the butch lesbian type. Right. And, you know, and they discuss it in the show even. They're like, you can't be into her, you know? They're like, what? She has a girlfriend, you know? And Lita's like, I really don't care. I think she's really cool and I want to be just like her. So, you know. And Lita talks about how, I'm sorry, um, Mako. Sorry, I keep calling her Lita because I'm used to it. Um, Mako goes into how she's insecure in her feministic tendencies because she's always been kind of a tomboy, which is why she really concentrated on her cooking to seem more feminine because she doesn't come across that way. She comes across as a big, tough Amazon from the planet Jupiter who can kick your ass. Yep. (laughs) But... Oh my god, like, if we're gonna, but we're gonna talk about the biggest pervert in the entire series, it is definitely Tuxedo Mask, and his, at least, again, in Crystal, his lack of understanding of consent, uh, this man, he just seems to touch, he's very handsy, Yes, and then he's also, this dude, at one point, abducts this poor 14-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. who's unconscious, and takes her to his apartment. Yes! (laughs) Uh, he sees her transform, so basically he's seen her naked. Uh, he does, he takes her to his apartment, and that you- Oh, and the- He does, like- The worst thing is, at the very end, after she's wake- she's woken up, and she's- they're having a conversation after she's, you know, in his bed. And God uh, knows why she's not freaking out, like, what the hell am I doing in some weird dude's bed? Where the fuck am I at? Well, not only that, it's like her friends are pretty shitty, Mm because they don't seem to look for her. Right. But- but no, he literally says, can we keep this a secret? Yes. God knows what happened while she was asleep because he's also kissed her while she's passed out. Which, yeah. which in a way, like, that is one thing that they did change from the manga. In the manga, at this party that they're trying to find out if the legendary silver crystal is this famous jewel from this country of D. Like, what the yeah. hell is with that? There's so much reference to, st- like, you can't come up with like, some fake country. No, it has to be a letter. There's point D, there's that nation of D that they do. And anyway, so in the manga, they're at this party. They're trying to find out if this crystal is the legendary silver crystal. Because at that point, they're still looking for it. And she's running around looking. She gets really thirsty. So what does she do? She downs a glass of champagne and gets drunk and passes out. And that's when Tuxedo Mask finds her and kisses her. In Crystal, there's a battle and like as she she, she uses like a big rush of power or something. Yeah, it's it's the first time she does something that's OP for her, so she always gets tired afterward and passes out. The first time she use it happens with all of them, too. First time you use a new overpowered skill, oh my gosh, that rush of energy was too much, and you pass out, oh my gosh. And so, she does that for the first time, and that's when he goes over and he kisses her, and then he gets caught at it, and hey, you, get away from her, and... Well, the other thing is, he comes off as he's an adult. He's, he's in high school. He's probably 17 years old. She's 14. So it's still completely wrong, but they're all underage. But then again, I don't know what the age of consent in Japan is, so let's, let's think, ignore that. I, th- I think it's 16, but... Yeah. It, Legal but drinking age is 18, but whatever. But yeah, so it's like, let, let's skip over that. Yeah. Uh, but it's still this thing where this dude who is essentially an adult is kind of 
hitting on a girl who's yeah hitting who, on this child. And yeah. that, the other thing is, it's like it's not she's like, in middle school. Yeah, yeah it, he's the end of high school. It's not that she's mature or anything for her age. No, she's a child. Yeah, <laughs> she's annoying as shit and. You know, this yep. crybaby and everything like that, by all accounts. It's not like she's Ray or Lita, who are very mature for yeah. the same age group. No, Sailor Moon and, and Usagi, very childish. And so it's like, you've got this 17-year-old practical adult who lives on his own and does all his own shit and takes care of all his own stuff. And, uh, you know, it's like he was an orphan. His parents, his human parents, after he was reborn, are killed in an accident. That is one thing that does translate across all the seasons is that his parents died in a car accident when he was six and he lost his memory so he doesn't remember, he didn't even remember his name. And so, you know, that's what Tuxedo Mask is searching for is he's having dreams saying to find the legendary silver crystal to restore his memory and so that's what he's been doing meanwhile once he discovers because he basically discovers it after like the first episode or two that um usagi is sailor moon he kind of stalks her yeah. like he's always creepily watching this little 14 year old run around and you know, saves her when she needs it. But he's really, like, low-key stalking her. And it's just, as you look at this from a Me Too standpoint now, where you're just like, this is so messed up! <laughs> We're yes. watching this going, wow, he's super creepy! Yes. Again, I'm just, my notes, when, I'm, when I was watching Crystal, just referred to him as Mr. No-Touch, <laughs> pervert. Uh, he needs to, he needs, uh, someone needs to go to HR about him. I mean, he, it's... It's ridiculous. The the stuff. It's like I guess you know. I get it. If you're a young, if you're a young girl, there's and again, mostly with, with the original one. Well, yeah, it's it was like a little with... more romance and and stuff with that. But as an adult, you you a lot of things get recontextualized for you, yes. and you start going, yeah, that ain't right. <laughs> Well, and um, in the, the older versions that I saw as a kid, he is a lot more, you shouldn't be touching girls without, you know, their permission and that kind of stuff. There might be an almost kiss where they're like, oh, he's so handsome and he's like right there. You know, never mind that it never occurs to you as a young child who is watching this that you maybe shouldn't do that. You have no idea who this dude is. Like, yeah, he saved you. That doesn't mean you have to go up and try to kiss him or except if he comes and tries to kiss you like that <laughs> doesn't no that's that's not good like you're 14 calm your hormones chick <laughs> well now that's the thing is also Sailor Moon Crystal uh, it was announced in 2012 basically it was gonna be you know they announced on the 20th anniversary of the existence of Sailor Moon that this series was gonna be made it ended up coming out in 2014, simulcast worldwide, because it was, I don't know if it was the first, but it was a thing referred to as an original net animation, as opposed to when I've been talking about OVAs, where those are original video animations, essentially direct-to-video. Sailor, uh, Sailor Moon Crystal was released direct to the internet. Yes. Which is also kind of why it has overly digital art style. It I mean, does. Aside from, granted, yes, that is kind of where we are in animation these days, is digital art. Mm-hmm. And is it just me, or is this show really, uh, Crystal anyway, really flat looking? 
it it is. There's not a lot of texture in that, and I think that's because of the time. I mean, even just to use for an example, um, if you look at Rooster Teeth Ruby, it's the same way. Yes, but they over the over time they've gone they've grown more more right. detailed and. But like when oh. when that first when that first came out, it looked flat too. It looked like flash animation almost. And while um. Crystal kind of looks that way. There's not as much texture to it because the technology wasn't there if it was done in 2014. We're talking about five years later, and you've seen how far animation comes has come from that, too. The other thing is, is I don't think they wanted to stray too far from the original anime look of it. Um, like, uh, the, you know, the old version, they reused the same sequences over and over and over. They developed a formula, you know, oh, you set up the problem before the first commercial break and then the battle comes after and there's a transformation and the monster's defeated. You knew how that was gonna happen. And in Crystal, while it's condensed, it also has a formula as far as um, the seasons go. You know, there's a big bad, you go and you fight it and you get a new transformation. It's not like it's introduced in the middle of a season like the older version. So, um, because Usagi gets major power-ups in the middle of seasons two and three rather than at the end and they're given by Luna and not you know oh my you know all my the sailor scouts are helping me and my heart is overbursting with you know with love with love and friendship and determination so I'm just going to develop this new transformation here Here, you know here's a new device that'll make you do something better right and that's that's almost at the end of every season of Crystal and so um or if not right at the beginning where it's like oh you lost your power in that final battle here's a new brooch to hold the silver millennium crystal now which you know is another difference because in the um the older viz and deke versions the silver crystal is a sphere and the which is not the way it's drawn in the manga um for a while uh, usagi wears the silver crystal as a necklace um, that, stupidly enough, she gave it to her dad, a normal human, to take to a jeweler to have made into a necklace. And I'm like, why would you give something that important to any other human if it's really that important? But that well, goes... She's dumb, so... She is. She's uh, She is dumb. But uh, this, uh, since Crystal's only uh, three seasons at the moment, mm-hmm. for 2020, there's actually going to be a two-part film project uh, called Sailor Moon Eternal, which is going to be the dream art from the manga. Okay. And the, you asked, you asked That would earlier, be season four, yeah, because he'd asked me if I've heard of the Dark Moon Circus, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, they're season four. Which is the Pegasus arc, for yeah. those of you who don't <laughs> who don't follow either seasons or anything like that, because there's um, several arcs. Um, in fact, I believe there's at least one arc in um, season two that does not exist anywhere else. That's like the tree one, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's not in the manga. It's not in Crystal. Um, as far as villains go, uh, there are a couple on an ale who uh, show up with this... Uh, tree who are from space and they need energy. It only lasts half a season. Nothing super important other than, you know, the importance of love is learned from this. And shortly after they defeat this pair and their tree, that's when Chibi Moon shows up. 
which is basically episode one of season two of Crystal. Um, and it's always funny because the way she shows up is hysterical. She's from the future, and she shows up out of thin air, lands on uh, Mamoru and Usagi as they're making out, finds out who they are, points a gun in Usagi's face, and demands the silver crystal. Oh, and well, let's also bring up the fact, I guess, since we're just going to bring up Chibi Moon a little again, she turns into a hot older lady at one oh, point yes. when she turns the, and the end of Yeah, the end of season two, she turns and into she, black lady. She wants her dad's D so bad. She does. She even does. She's jealous of Usagi in um, the in in all versions. She always vies with Usagi for Mamoru's attention. Um, as far as like when she lands on them, she ends up kissing him. Yeah. I was like, this is this is your dad. Like you have some daddy issues there, Chibi. So I think what we're saying is, as adults, you really need to watch Sailor Moon because it's fucked up and <laughs> you. And you will get so much more out of it than you would if you had shown this to a kid. <laughs> yes. It's more entertaining for adults. Yes, for sure. There's all kinds of jokes in there that go right over your head as a kid. Uh, especially watch some of the older ones, the longer version ones. Even the newer dubs on Hulu are fine because some of the monsters that they come up with are ridiculous. And some of them, like... Most of the object of all of these villains is they go and they attack civilians and they steal something from them, whether it's their energy or a heart crystal or a dream mirror or something along those lines. They're looking for someone with specific qualities and so they're searching for these things. Um, because we'll, I will probably get to season three in a minute, or at least season three of Crystal where we introduce the Outer Planet Scouts, which are... Oh, anyway. So, they're searching for these things. These monsters have different themes. Sometimes they're animals. Sometimes they're objects. Sometimes they're just random monsters that pop out of people. Um, but some of them, uh, have ways of collecting energy that are very no-no touchy. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, some of them, like, collect their energy through tattoos that are in places you don't see normal clothing on, so they're, like, way up on a thigh or on a boob. There's lots of, <laughs> there's lots of random things where you're like, that's just, why would you, why would you put this in a kid's show? <laughs> so, because kids don't know any better, that's why. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, that one, that one's pretty funny. Uh, so, you, if you get a chance to go watch some of those. They're they're over the top and cheesy, but man, you just look at them going, oh my god, this is so wrong. But, uh, so we probably should talk about the Outer Planets. But we know we've brought them up. Um, because this also ties into Chibi Moon and, um, Pluto. Uh, Pluto is the sailor scout that, um... Scout scout of time. Yes, right? she, she guards the door of time. And so, uh, she's the oldest of the scouts. She is technically in college. I do believe it, later on in college. I think her they put her age at almost 30. Um, so she's the oldest of the scouts and uh, she has a specific power she's never allowed to use and that's stopping time. And she will die if she does that. Um, that is one of the significant differences 
between the Black Lady arc of the uh, older version versus Crystal. Um, in the older version, Pluto does not come in and save the day. Pluto is not introduced at all until, like, um, or no, she, I'm sorry, she is in season two, but she's only the guardian of the time door. She does not do anything else. Um, in Crystal, she steps in and stops time, which kills her. The Black Lady arc, they solve that the same way, but with different people. Um, so things basically come around to the same problem, but it happens in a different way. In uh, season three of the older version, Uranus and Neptune show up and they're searching for these talismans. And so they're looking, the, the enemy is also searching for the talismans. So they're searching through all kinds of people with pure hearts and they are shown to be pretty ruthless in it as far as each of the scouts get taken and tested um, by monsters and Uranus and Neptune stand idly by and watch to find out if these talismans come out because that's the most important thing is to find these talismans no matter what the cost. And so in Crystal, they show up and they have the talismans already. There is no search and you find out the true use of the talismans, which is to summon Sailor Saturn, who is the... The destroyer of worlds yes. and stuff. <laughs> I mean, oh, there is a shit ton of death in this show. Oh, like, yes. I mean... They die at the end of season one. Yeah, characters die. And are reborn like nothing happens and their memories are wiped. Yeah, it, like, it, it seems like this. This is a magical girl show. It's all cute and, you know, innocent and love and, oh shit, they just killed them. Yes, it's not a Sailor Moon finale if someone doesn't die. <laughs> and, and not the villain. I mean, Oh yes, the, yeah, the, died, villain, but... the villain always dies. Yes, but no, there. Yeah, if someone else doesn't die, no, no, no. Several of them get their souls taken. Um, Sailor Saturn in Crystal, she's the daughter of a scientist who is injured in a fire, and he creates a cybernetic body for her. Like he, she has prosthetics that are mechanical. She is, she is Alita. <laughs> Yeah. From Battle Angel Alita. Yeah, kind of. And so uh, her body's failing her. She's also been possessed by this monster named Mistress Nine who bursts out of her body like peeling a banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we, were, we were watching a little bit of this before uh, recording, and it's some body horror shit you know, <laughs> going on. Like, there's some, like, you look, he has, like, a shot of her face, and her eyes are just kind of going off in these weird directions. In opposite and directions. Yeah, and these things spikes, are coming out of her back. Crystal spikes are coming out of her shit. back, and yeah. It's, it's not, you want to give a little kid nightmare, show him that episode. So, when Mistress Nine bursts from her body, Hotaru technically dies and is reborn as Sailor Saturn on the spot, and she's fighting the monster because all Sailor Saturn is for is to utterly destroy stuff. She goes, and you cannot reason with her either. She's just there to do one thing, and that's to swing her little glaive and destroy the monster as well as the Earth. And the only way that it's saved is by Sailor Moon. 
and by a sacrifice of Sailor Saturn, who leads the monster into this vortex thing uh, in the time-space door that Pluto opens, and uh, is reborn as a baby, like, almost instantaneously. Pretty much, yeah. That, that's Hotaru's life. She wakens as Sailor Saturn, does her thing, dies, and comes back as a baby. Yes, and given to the, the Outer the, Scouts, the, yeah. The, uh, the threesome that they are <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to be raised again. Yes, yep, because she, her body was dying. Yeah. We get to um, the Pegasus arc, which is the one that they're going to be redoing, I guess, for Crystal there. Thank you for that information. That'll be very handy. Yeah. <laughs> I will be on the lookout for that mess. There's is a Pegasus with a crystal, like, golden crystal horn. He goes by the name Pegasus. Ooh, big surprise there. He shows up in Chibi Moon's dreams. And this is the arc where the monsters are looking for people with beautiful dreams because they're looking for Pegasus because they need that golden crystal to release this chick named Nehalania, who is trapped in a mirror. And her minions are the Dark Moon Circus. And they are very interesting. The first trio you see are like the animal trio. There's Hawkeye, Tiger Eye, and Fisheye. And then we were talking about Fisheye before where we thought that she was a girl, but no, he's actually a he. Yeah. yeah, they really go into detail about that as far as, no, he's really a he in the episode where he has to go and try to seduce Mummer when it doesn't work. <laughs> and they, they make fun of him for how much he gets dumped a lot. <laughs> so it's very clear that he is a he. And so um, though that's the first group. The second group you get are the Amazons. And they have some interesting clothing that would never exist in real life as far as trying to um, well, hold anything clothing. in the, place. Yes. Anime or comic clothing. There's never any practical clothing for any of these sorts of things. Oh, no. I mean, shit. Kill a kill's uh, <laughs> uniforms. Let, let's, let's just... If you've never seen that, just Google search that. Just make sure you do it safe search on. Yes. Um, but the the Amazons, uh, Pala Pala, Sere Sere, Jun Jun, and Ves Ves. Those are of the... Of course. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they're like... Well, they're little. They're probably... I don't know, age-wise, but they have, like, very, very suggestive clothing. They're just fetish dwarves, right? Kind of, yeah. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> and, uh, so, let's see. Chibi Moon gets captured and her soul is removed. At least, well, that's what her soul is removed in the older version. In the newer version, her soul gets removed with Mistress Nine. Mistress Nine steals her soul. So her soul gets removed and she finds out that Pegasus is only like an astral projection of this dude named Helios who's trapped in the mirror dimension with Nehalenia. And he's the guardian of the dream world. So Chibi Moon's soul gets removed and once everything is said and done, that's the scenes where you get Sailor Moon who has wings. Okay. Like, not the butterfly wings, but, like, the actual angel wings. The circus that they're in is, like, way up in the sky. When they defeat Nehalania and all her minions, the thing, like, crashes. Everything starts falling to the ground, including an unconscious Chibi Moon. And so, Sailor Moon, like... He grows wings to save, well, to well, save her daughter. Well, Pegasus shows up in the real world and gives her wings. And so then, yeah, that's when you get the angel look. I I've seen yeah, we'll that. See, yeah. I've seen those images before. I actually saw the episode. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, you get a lot more imagery from the show than you would be surprised. Oh yeah, there's there's also some Messiah talk in. <laughs> yes, 
the the, uh, the the Christian obsession of Japan shows up in this quite a bit too. She has a, a chalice at one point, and yes. she and it what's the Holy Grail? And it's referred to as the Holy Grail as well as the Moon Chalice. I am glad in Crystal they refer to it as the Moon Chalice and not just the Holy Grail the whole time. Same thing with the older one where all they refer to oh we have to find the Messiah, we have to find the Messiah, we have to find the Messiah, and I'm like oh my God, just stop calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they do kind of constantly uh, bring the earth back from the dead. Yes, so. that, that does happen a lot. So I guess Messiah is a little accurate if you're not considering the Christian part of the word Messiah. Yeah. Oh, good lord, this, this show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Heather, I'm glad. I'm glad you agreed to this because I would definitely not have been able to get into the into as much of this as <laughs> Into as much of the lore. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I couldn't sit down and watch it, but good lord. It is... Yes, there's a lot to Sailor Moon, but yeah, it definitely, it helps having someone who had seen it originally. Yes. Because I would be coming in again with a 38-year-old man's uh, well, and, view of everything. And well, yeah, because I mean, as a, as a young girl who didn't want to have superpowers and awesome friends, and oh, it was also my first like exposure to anime in general, so I fell in love with the art style, and it stuck. Like, the next thing that I remember actually being able to see anime in was when I would go to my grandparents' house and MTV showed anime late at night and I saw Armitage Polymatrix. After that, I was like... And that was five or six years after I had been exposed to Sailor Moon. So those were my first two experiences with anime and I was gone. <laughs> yeah, and... Is it? You know, it's available on Hulu. It's available on all kinds of streaming services. Shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, give this thing a whirl. Even if it's not the original dub, you got the 2014 Viz dub. It's still really good. It is. It is. And the older version, you become more attached to the characters. Crystal is very fast. So if you want the quick and dirty, go with Crystal. It's also a, a much more adult version of it. There's a lot more grittiness. They're swearing. They say damn. And oh no, they I, say damn. <laughs> I know! And they also say the word prick. <laughs> Tuxedo Mask gets called a prick. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, well, and I don't remember if that's in Crystal or if that's in the newer dub, but they do say it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that never would have flown when I, but no. that didn't air when I was a kid anyway, so exactly. I, I didn't get to see that one until later. <laughs> okay, listeners, you can find us on RetroRocketEntertainment.com I am on Twitter at Musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. Thank you guys for hanging out, and we'll see you next time.